Hello, everyone, and welcome to Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro, your host, and today I have with me my significant other and business partner, Deborah Mikus. Hello. And today we'll be interviewing Pride Road. Pride Road, can you guys introduce yourselves? Yes, I'm uh, Yasin A. Mohamed, one of the owners of uh, Pride Road LLC. Hey, I'm, I'm Yasin I. Mohamed. Uh, I'm also an owner of uh, Pride Road. And I'm Najib A. Mohamed, <laughs> also an owner of Pride Road LLC. <clears throat> Welcome, you guys. Maybe you could start out and give us an update and let us know about the different products you guys offer. Yeah, well, that's, that we said earlier, uh, all of the products are, are business-based products, and uh, they, which includes uh, jelly, chutney, uh, sparkling soda, a, uh, a business tea blend, a cold tea, a dry tea, and uh, we're considering other products like uh, this is a uh, yeah. There's some research and development into other products that we that we develop. Uh, can you tell the audience where they can find you guys on social media and online so they can look at your products? Yeah, they, they can definitely find us at www.prideroad.com or, or hit us up as far as email, as far as info at prideroad.com. Um, as far as um, just taking orders online and whatnot. Uh, and we're currently at, at a few locations. I don't know if you want to go deep into that. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're uh, at a few uh, of the the uh, the fresh markets within the Atlanta uh, circle in the perimeter. Uh, we also are working with um, Truly Living Well. We have some of our products uh, with with that with that um, location there. Farm One View. Farm View is um, uh, out in um, <clears throat> Monroe. Monroe and um, Cali Row Creamery in Sandy Springs and. And the last one was for Eden Farms as well. Yes. <laughs> and so how did you guys get into hibiscus? I can never say it right. Um, how did you get into it, and where did the roots come from of your company name? Well, the, the roots come from the uh, the location of our farm in Louisiana. We were on Port Hudson Pride Road. This was uh, post-Katrina. And um, working, working, working the farm uh, through uh, the action at Southern University, we learned about a business down the river, and we started uh, diversifying the products that we were selling in direct market at the uh, farm. This is this is well. This is this is well before we even came up with the concept of starting PrideRoad.com. So PrideRoad.com. Prior to PrideRoad, my father and mother actually. Uh, uh, Post Katrina, uh, open up a, uh, a small farm in uh, in Louisiana. Um, the farm was primarily for uh, for uh, Ch- chickens. It was it was a uh, organic uh, organic uh, chicken farm, but they also sold uh, vegetables, vegetables and herbs and so forth. And, and that's where my dad uh, pretty much got into got into a biscuit. So what happened was um, my brother and I visited the farm one day just to see our parents uh, sample some of the products that my, my parents were making from the hibiscus, thought it was good enough to sell on the public market. And that's where the idea uh, came about, uh, starting our own um, business. 
Um, the first product, the tea is usually associated with hibiscus, but uh, like, we, like we just said, we've got a litany of different products that we, uh, that we make. But the, it was, the, the, the tea that my mother made was so good, my brother and I said, hey, we should bottle this and sell this stuff. And hence the, uh, and that, that's how the business started. So the name of the company is named after the, the, uh, road. the road, the street that the road that my parents stayed on uh, in Zachary, Louisiana. That stayed on Port Hudson Pride Road. So we named the company after Pride Road because we liked the idea of, uh, of the lineage of Louisiana. Um, that was just a, that was just a, you know that was a a, a, a very uh, a great time in, my, in our life an emotional time in our life after Hurricane Katrina as well. That was pretty much the uh, uh, a place of sanctuary because uh, my father was the first person to uh, purchase a house after Katrina, where most of our houses, all of our houses, in fact, were uh, five feet underwater. So we all had we all came to that you know we all gathered in that place. While we got ourselves off, our, our, got, got ourselves back on back on our feet. Um, so the company is named Port Hudson Pride. So there's there's a lot of pride involved in our product as well. So tell us a little bit about how um, you got into farming in Georgia then, and moved from Louisiana to Georgia to do that. And how many acres you have there in Georgia, and, and what the future is for your farming. Okay, so okay, so my my brother and I, uh, Yasin I and Najib A, we actually left Louisiana. We, we're both uh, we're both members of, members of the uh, we're members of the Louisiana National Guard. Now we're currently members of the Georgia National Guard. So we were activated during Katrina to do uh, relief operations. Um, shortly after that, we decided to uh, to relocate, and it was just easier because. Uh, yeah, we 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 were staying. Yeah, the, the house was under underwater, so we needed to start all over again. Anyway, my sister had previously moved to Atlanta, maybe about two or three months before Katrina, mm-hmm. so uh, it was just an opportunity to have a fresh start. So we moved to Louisiana. I want to say in two thousand and six. Two thousand and six. Georgia. I'm sorry. Moved to Georgia in two thousand and six. Um, my father was still in in um, in Zachary. Um, we went back to visit. Uh, Went back to visit Louisiana in 2004, and that's pretty much where the idea, 2014, 2014, that's when the idea of Pride Road started. So my brother and I took that idea back to Georgia and started the process. So, yeah, and when he said as far as the visit with with the 14, one of the things that my dad put into our our psyche and, and continued to say is like, as far as the product, it's one thing to say, hey, this, this tea tastes good. Let's just go buy some hibiscus and, and, and produce this tea. But one of the one of the main components is we grow the hibiscus and this we grow the base of the tea. And it's nothing better than that connection to seeing where your your product, <clears throat> the thing that you're tasting, the stuff that you that you're drinking and eating eating is coming from. So we started off in uh, Vidalia, Georgia. Home of uh, you know, as far as growing this hibiscus, Vidalia, and we did some in um, in uh, Hinesville, Georgia, as well, Riceboro. So that's right outside of uh, Fort Stewart. And and my brother and I, <laughs> I, I said once before, my dad was reintroduced to farming, so he's been farming all his life. Um, went to the city, went back to farming. My brother and I, um, we. And we just started forming. <laughs> we yeah, just started we forming. So never touched the foreman. And I mean, outside of just uh, planting rubbish in, in the front yard, that was it. So, so 
before we went to the forum, I just we just googled farming, <laughs> read about it on Wikipedia, and and, and just jumped out doing it. Yeah, but uh, I, I definitely wouldn't um, I wouldn't advise doing it that method. Of course, that's uh, one of the reasons why we had to beg, borrow, and, and steal our parents back from uh, what they were in uh, Dubai. Dubai at the time to, to help us along with the farming aspect of of farming uh, a product. Now, so are all three of you guys partners then, or is it uh, more than just the three of you? Yeah, yeah. yeah so initially it was myself and my brother. Uh, my dad came along. Uh, we made him an equal partner as well. And uh, we actually, uh, my mother was so crucial in the business, we gave her a percentage. And um, uh, we got a call from my brother. Uh, actually, my G's wife is also, uh, we actually gave her, she owns stock in the business as well. So, uh, who else is that? My brother, and so the, the, my brother in California, the dentist, uh, he said, don't leave me, don't leave me out of this. So he, he called us and we, we gave him. So it's 100% family owned, uh, right? So it's my, myself, my father, my brother Najib, his wife, my mother, and his wife, and my older brother Daoud in uh, California. So how, um, so how do you deal with uh, disagreements amongst the company then with all of you being owners? <laughs> We, yeah, we, we don't have disagreements. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I took mine as going to be, and that's how we do it. That's how we do it. That, that's what everybody says. We just, it, this is what's going to happen, and it happens. Yeah, and now I'm going to tell you mine. Yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 pretty, we're pretty in sync. Uh, the, the thing about it is this is, this is, this is not our, our first run at a, at a, at a business. It's, uh this is the most successful by far, but uh, prior to this, my dad actually owned a, uh, a successful uh, local favorite peanut company in New Orleans. The company was actually called the First General Peanut Company. We sold peanuts at Thanksgiving, Jazz Fest, Mardi Gras parades, uh, everything. Um, if you Google it, you you may be able to find something on the, on, <laughs> yeah. the, on the peanut company. So yeah, <laughs> so we took the we took the lessons, the the successes, and the failures of that peanut company and and um, kind of incorporated that into this business. My brother in California, he also owns a, a, an extremely successful dental practice. So we lean towards him for uh, you know, administrative uh, help and just general uh, information on how to run a business. Um, unfortunately, until we take this thing off, you know, we still have to work nine to five jobs. Um, my brother, he's, he's actually full time with the, with, the, uh, with the guard steel. He's a technician. Which, who, mm -hmm. who are you? What, what do you do? With the state of Georgia itself, yeah, with the degree, right? Yeah, Najib's a, he's actually he's a, an operations officer for the state of Georgia. He's a he's a he's a major. I'm also a major myself. Um, I'm a traditional uh, reservist, so um, I, I work with the emergency preparedness office um, on my weekend drills uh, and full time. I'm a, I'm actually a, I'm a construction manager. Um, my uh, uh his wife millie um full-time as well with the american cancer society yeah she's operations at the american cancer society and and, and, parents, and i'm yeah they got the best job of all he'll tell you about yeah we're full-time with uh pride road llc <laughs> yeah so um you had mentioned that you did some farming how many acres do you have now and how many acres are you guys trying to grow to we we worked uh, two 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 plots for a total of about eight acres, and and now we're um, we're in the process of of um, putting in our transplants yeah. to uh, form on thirty acres for this coming season. 
So, so with hibiscus, <clears throat> do you, does it come up once a year or can you plant more than once a year? No, we only plant, it only plant, we only plant once a year. The, the real hibiscus, the fresh, fresh stuff uh, is once a year. It is, um, yeah, seasonal. Thing. Yeah, it's, it's, you only, you, we have a, we have a, a small window. Uh, it's not frost tolerant at all. So it, and once the, the danger of frost is over, we have to be ready to place a uh, transplant. That's what Najee was talking about earlier. So we're going to start them in the hoop house, our greenhouse, but they have to have direct sun. So as soon as the danger of frost is over, we can get them in. And if we get six months, we got, uh, we, we'll do great. Is that a native plant to the southeast United States? Uh, no, it's not. Uh, but but it but it is it is um, is is grown at this latitude around the planet. Uh, but it's it's uh, is very popular. It's, it's known by different names in different parts. In uh, it's known by Kirkadi in Egypt. It's uh, Jamaica in uh, Mexico. It's called Soro in the. Uh, in, uh, the Caribbean is BSAP in uh, in West Africa, you know. But uh, and even in uh, it grows in Australia. It's called uh, Roselle. It's called Roselle here. R O S E L L E. Roselle. Yeah. And uh, so the, the name is Hibiscus sandariffa. And did you have to? So did you bring it in when you originally started growing it in Louisiana? I brought the seeds in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's what I was wondering. Well, because uh, often a business is started off in those ways in farming and just bringing it and giving it a shot. So that's quite a story. In exactly, exactly, and I and I yeah, we were very concerned about that because I didn't know I knew what region we were in, what frost region we were in, but I just didn't know how it would perform. Uh, because you know we don't get it, we don't get low temperatures like this in South Louisiana where we're from, uh, and you know we get low temperatures, but they don't last that long. Does it's, hibiscus have any medicinal properties? And, and what's that medicinal? Oh, yes, yes. indeed. It's, it's said to be good for uh, hypertension. It's a diuretic. It's uh, it's 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 uh, the, the the tea is really really good. It's it's we. <laughs> We always cite this uh, uh, this show was a Doctor Oz. He uh, he promotes it real good for uh, for, for for healing your kidneys. Oh, that's interesting. So the teas yeah, and everything, and the I, the teas and the kabucha and all that they they also have not just their natural and being natural uh, medical benefits, but they'll also have benefits for. The kidneys and other things like that for medical purposes. Exactly. Antioxidants, yeah, it's just a really, it is, it is. and uh, it's it's not it's not it's not this. Uh, you can you can actually you can actually make a, what we call it supplement with the uh, we, we, we and we we've experimented with that also with freeze dry and put in the capsules. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, actually, especially with the health world going the way it is. Plus, people are more, um, they're working out more and more and finding gyms and different ways to stay in shape and looking for supplements to help with various things and 
medicine even is is steering away from western medicine a little bit and going more eastern and things like hibiscus will certainly fall into that category i'll be interested to hear down the road if you guys explore that and what opportunities you have how much of the plant can actually be used in your tea is it just the flower or is it all the plant i was just i was just getting ready to say that we uh we kind of focus on the uh on the flower it's called a tea uh e-l-y-x but the but the uh, but we can exploit the entire plant and we do <laughs> and so you guys said you were you were learning to farm it on the fly is, is the farming done with equipment does it have is it better if it's hand picked i mean how does that work because um, i know on smaller farms you in more delicate plants is it a delicate plant or is it something you guys can plant obviously with machinery but is it something that has to be hand-picked is it a delicate uh plant uh, i i would say all the above huh? yeah yeah we, we you you know you have to use the implements to uh to prepare your your seed beds your soil and uh and then you can plug the transplant we like to start transplants and have them grow up to about uh less than a foot before we put them out and so we just poke a hole in the ground and, and drop and drop it in. Uh, but uh, it the the it, it, it has it, it's just like okra. It has it's labor intensive, and you have to do it has to be harvested by hand. Picked. It's called picking. So yeah, we physically touch every, every kale. Kalix that's out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not, we not only touch every kale to take it off of the stem. Yeah. But yeah. we core each one of them. There's a large, there's a large seed inside of the, uh, the calyx that has to be removed um, prior to us processing the calyx. So we, right, we're picking it from the tree, plus removing each one of the calyx, one of the seeds out of each calyx. So it's, it's a very labor-intensive yeah. process. And those seeds are what you plant to to restart the process. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, that's awesome. So it's all reusable, basically, and usable in, in some f- fashion, um, not as much waste. And and you had mentioned before we were talking that you were planning on growing into 30 acres. When's all of that taking place? It's, it's, it's coming season. <laughs> in, in, two weeks? Uh, yeah, in, in about two weeks, the, uh, the seedlings, we'll, we'll start putting the seedlings into the greenhouse, what we call hoop house. And uh, it takes about six weeks for, for plants to start to start to start coming up. Uh, we expect the uh, uh, we expect the, the danger of frost to be over about mid March. Yeah. And, and that's so, the main reason we so, put them in the hoop house is to get ahead of the season. Yeah. So we can yeah. So we we're already we're already thirty to uh, forty five days ahead of the season. Uh, now the frost is done. We take the seedlings out of the hoop house and transplant them into the ground. So, considering the plant <clears throat> takes six months to grow, do you guys plant something else for the other remainder of the year? And also, using your greenhouses, do you use it for other purposes? Uh, not really. No, we don't. Uh, we 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 we're thinking about doing some things like uh, the chutney. The chutney requires some other ingredients like uh, jalapeno peppers. Uh, and maybe maybe some we'll probably do some ginger, which is something that Elaine and I have done before. Uh, we uh, onion is a part of one of our recipes, but uh, 
Georgia is the home of the Vidalia onion, so we don't we don't we won't yeah we don't have to do that. We can just go to, we can source it uh organic and, and clean sources of mm-hmm. onions, so we don't have to worry about that. But we will we are considering doing some peppers. So all the hibiscus in your products, you grow all of that. That's correct. Yes. yes. And that, that was one of the things I think we asked if we're looking to grow anything else. One of the biggest challenges we found was where to find a business. We do that. Everything else we can find locally. We can source everything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the hardest thing. To so find. do you freeze dry your yeah. plants for the rest of the season to keep producing, or do you do all of your well, tea production at one I'm part sorry. of the year? How does that work? Yeah. So it's it's three phases, and my, my dad loves that. So I jumped in. And this is my chief. As far as three phases of uh, stable state. Yeah, we, three, we do. Three, types. three types, I'm sorry, not stages, three types of stable state. Uh, one is the uh, dehydration for uh, shelf life on there. Uh, the second one is the uh, freeze or freeze dry. And the third one is the uh, actual juice, yeah. getting the, uh, the product to the juice. But that requires refrigeration. Re- requires refrigeration, requires um, uh, freezing and whatnot as well. The, 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 our favorite, our go-to would be the... Uh, uh, standard dehydrating of uh, dehydrating of the uh, calyx, and that will be uh, we actually have on our um, on our premises a ten by ten uh, dehydrate. So uh, it basically works by um, by uh, uh, pumping in heat and uh, dehumidifying the air. We just take all the moisture out of the plant. We we dry it. Yeah, we dry it, and then we put it into a uh, and it's put into a stable state where it doesn't need refrigeration. But that's that's not limited to just the carrots. We do we include the leaves also because the, the leaves are part of the recipes that we use for the tea blends. And so, do you bag all the teas and bottle all the the drinks yourself on your on your location? Yes, sir. <laughs> that's what we all do. All, yeah. all inclusive. That's what we do. It's totally integrated. We try, yeah, our, the concept is from seed to market. And, and so I think that's hugely important is that you control your whole process. You're, you control the quality of your product going out to market, and you control the, the way people perceive your brand by doing that. Yes. And so when you were doing all this and you've decided to bring all of that in-house, I should say, or do it all yourself, did you consciously know that that's what you wanted to do and discuss it? And is it something you guys have always wanted to do? Yeah, yeah the answer is yes. And, mm-hmm. it, and it, you know, it, it, it just didn't. Yeah, that's the business plan. Uh, and we, we, you know, we, we, we did something else. We were farming chickens and we were forming other things and we ended up uh this this is this is progress so and, and i think that uh, i don't i can't recall if we mentioned this was my dad dealing with the uh, peanuts uh that was one of those one of those items that we, we we channeled back from past experiences and what it was was he had we had a facility we had a facility where um <clears throat> the processing was done on site but as far as the feast, the actual yeah. product itself, we required uh, someone else's product, uh, their, their shipping, their, their, if they were growing and whatnot to deliver. Yeah, peanuts come from Virginia, they were right. processed in Louisiana and whatnot. And, and, you know, we want to 
move away from that. Not just just going after the local farming, the local, uh, you know, grown local, grow local, or uh, Georgia growing aspect, but we're just looking at just not being dependent on anyone outside of ourselves. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit, just as a note for the audience, is I don't think people outside the food world or outside owning their own food businesses or farms understand the footprint that food takes. I mean, things travel all over the country to end up in Georgia, since we're talking about Georgia, chicken, for example, travels all over the country before it ends up back in Georgia to be consumed. And it's a very uh, inefficient model. So the fact that you guys are doing it and keeping it all in-house, where it's not only locally sourced, but it's locally processed. You know, a lot of things that we consider to be locally sourced ends up going somewhere else and then coming back. And then we're considering it locally sourced, even though that footprint of logistics and processing is quite enormous. Um, For example, if it were a Vidalia onion and went to North Carolina to be processed and then brought back to Georgia, it's still considered locally sourced. It just takes a huge footprint. So I think there's an education there. And what you guys are doing to not have that footprint is is huge. I, I really admire the model that you guys are doing and the audacity and pers- perseverance and fortitude to, to just do it yourselves and take a chance and control your product. Thank you. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you promote your product and, and what the things you do to go out and build your brand. Uh, is it markets? Is it contests? How do you go about that? Um, all the, way up, uh, the answer's always all the way above. <laughs> yeah, we, we were just having a discussion uh, be, be, before, before we started here about uh, uh, continuing the, the, the uh, sampling that we do in these stores, uh, the uh, fresh market stores. We actually go to the fresh market stores and sample, uh, give samples of our product and uh, to the uh, to the customers that are, that, that 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 are coming in, uh, the leave uh, up Georgia. Yeah, the, yeah. The contest is is is, is a big thing. Yeah, we, <laughs> last year last year our uh, our jelly was a finalist in the flavor of Georgia. This is a statewide food product contest that 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 literally hundreds of uh, of vendors enter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah um, I remember meeting you guys there, and um, and one of the great things about the we've talked about it on this uh, some previous episodes is how it brings all of the people of Georgia together that are food entrepreneurs and puts them into a contest and as categories. Um, are you planning on entering uh, any items again this year? I know you have more beyond the jelly. I, I definitely enjoyed your jelly for sure. Uh, we're going to go into two categories. We plan on winning. We're going to go there. We're going to go into every category, and we're also going back into uh, a jam jelly. Uh, we're going to win with the chutney this year. We This year, we actually <laughs> entered the hibiscus soda this year in the uh, soda, the, 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 I guess the juice. Of soda. No, just a, just a sparkling soda. Sparkling soda uh, competition, and we've entered our chutney. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to take on the plate this year. We're feeling, we're feeling really optimistic about it. I think we got a, a great chance of this year. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, no Unless they do like they did the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, 
No answer for that. No, no problem. <laughs> keep, keep going. So you mentioned fresh markets. Um, who does all the sampling? Is that something in you guys do yourselves? And do you yeah. go around to all yeah. the different stores? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, we always we, we just we only we just consult with the managers, and the, uh, we bring our own uh, display table and uh, sampling tools, and they give us a spot. And and a time, and we can we can work. And it, and it, it's been and it, it, it's it's they they uh, they encourage it, they welcome it, and they they I mean we get we get we get a lot of support for doing that kind of thing. But then that's something that we done. Uh, it's been successful. I mean we actually see the product uh, uh, selling as we're doing the uh, sound. The uh, farmers market too with the um, yeah we do we do a fair for the uh, yeah Jimmy Carter uh, the 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 farmers market mm-hmm. and uh, last year we were working with Truly Living Well and we were at the uh, uh, Pine City market they there's the farmers market that they operate uh, seasonally mm-hmm. and we were we were into that one also uh, we we were out in we out in Monroe. Uh, we've been there at least three times already at the uh, farm view uh, at the beginning and end of their market, and we do sample, we do sampling there also. <laughs> and the, and have three products being sold at the uh, farm view market, and we we sample all those products. And uh, that's it's, it's uh, that's that's really a good way to uh, you know in, in, interact with the, uh, with the with the consumers of our product. And introduce our products to the consumers, and we get a lot of good, lot of good feedback. Yeah, I think um, a good idea. One thing that you said, this is Najib again. Um, as far as like uh, you know, taking on that role of doing all these things, and what my dad was just talking about, how uh, people talk to you while you're doing the samplings, and they, they one they assume this is your product, but it's another thing when you tell them not only is this is our product but we're the farmers too we we got this product off the field and, and processed and put in this bottle so you can enjoy it then what so it's, it's something that they love hearing as well and just the idea that this product is not it's it's grown in georgia it's just it's just amazing mm-hmm. you know because i mean i i can guarantee you that the average of biscuits you probably you probably buy most likely comes from china or mexico in most cases yeah yeah i, I put money on that and it would be months old Yes, that's another thing. We fresh. Yeah, I think that's important. Is uh, one of the things we've begun to talk about on this podcast is fresh product, and consumers don't realize the impact they can have by just buying local products. Um, the the footprint, the the environment, you name it, uh, whatever your passion is. There's a lot of good things that come out of fresh project products that are sourced locally especially farm products um and products that are produced from those farm products the nutritional values the quality of the food the way it's produced and picked the passion that goes into it the economies that are that are supported locally versus somewhere else in the country or the world i think it's all important and i know your product um being locally farmed in georgia in Georgians out there, I really want you guys to know it's a, a very great product. It has a lot of medicinal uh, benefits, and for me, I enjoy it. I'm going to be uh, be grabbing as much as I can from Farmview Market when I'm there next because we stop there actually every time we're in Georgia. And oh, good. 
And uh, I want to give a shout out to Farm View Market because I think what they're doing uh, while we're on here is amazing. They're supporting the local economy there. They're supporting local farmers and, and local food entrepreneurs by putting up a market there in Monroe, Georgia. So I think they do a great job. They've they've had a representative at the Flavor of Georgia contest every year I've been there. And I think the University of Georgia does very well with that. Uh, I loved your guys' booth and the way you had everything set up. Who amongst you is the creative one that does all the labels and, and all the booth work and stuff like that? So, yeah, not, not among us, <laughs> but it's still family. <laughs> so, yeah, we have uh, I have a niece and a cousin. My cousin. Yeah, her name is Lizetta Bryan out in uh, Houston, Texas. Um, She's a graphic artist. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things that we, uh, we gave her a stamp um of the uh the sign and and just asked her to, to to use her creative mind and that's that's what she came back with as far as the uh designs with the uh around the labels and and just uh helping us out there we we, we uh, again i mean that's the only thing outside we actually use um big graphics as far as our um um producing the labels as well as the prints and of course they are here in georgia down in uh, tucker tucker georgia as far as uh, working with printing, printing and graphics, I, and and I know you were asking about the labels and whatnot, but I definitely you, you brought something to our attention as far as um, University of Georgia. That was another item as far as um, assisting with, with the push on some of our products. And my brother and I started off down in uh, Food Pit, uh, Dr. Kelly um, and their staff down there in Griffin, Georgia, and they were definitely instrumental with helping us out. Uh, introduced us to, to uh, different avenues as far as uh, further um, studies of the of the uh, hibiscus and just uh, still you know working working with us as far as just identifying hey these are some routes and avenues that you probably want to look into. In fact, they, they were the ones who recommended that we enter the Flint Georgia yeah, competition right. in the first place. Mm-hmm. So and, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the program is just a wonderful program they have. Oh, yes. And, and you said that was Dr. Keeley at the University of Georgia's Product Innovation and Commercialization Center, correct? Yes. Called the Food Pick. Yeah. Yeah, the Food Pick Center. Yeah. We're familiar with them as well. I think that what University of Georgia is doing there as well is, is an amazing uh, program and a way to help food entrepreneurs. And I don't know of any other states that do that. So, I mean, that's a major leg up in, in terms of getting Georgia grown businesses or food businesses in particular um a leg up really great facility yeah. and resources yeah, yeah, and the knowledge yeah. of all of them is amazing yeah. yes yeah. if you ever visit the food pit uh you see our products on the shelf probably displayed on the shelf <laughs> the ones that we developed and produced there and so on on that note, I also want to talk about, I know you guys, um, you had mentioned the military background. How has that prepared you for what you're dealing with now? And, and what were some of the experiences you had in the military that have helped you now as entrepreneurs? So I, this is Najib. I can start off with, with myself as far as um, <clears throat> really dedication. It's not, a, it's not an easy task. To, to, to be dedicated. My brother and I, we're, we're, I'm approaching 20 years. My brother has already surpassed 20 years. Uh, my dad uh, served for the Vietnam War and just raising your hand and being dedicating a part of your life to, to something like that 
uh, it, it definitely sets you up to, to focus and be dedicated to whatever you set in front of yourself as far as um, uh, uh, whatever comes your way. Operational-wise, as far as some of the, uh, the jobs and, and different, different uh, tasks I, I've been assigned to, uh, I can't get any, any better experience as far as um, operational uh, what, what, how you should do certain processes. Setting up, um, <clears throat> setting up uh, documentation, processing, and, and moving through on a, on, a, on, a, on a direction as far as accomplishing the tasks that you set up in front of you. Yeah. I, would, I would probably say uh, problem, problem solving. This is Yasin Ibn, Yasin I. Um, you know, everything we, we set up, we, we embarked on this mission uh, with very little understanding of how to, how to accomplish this. And every task, that every issue, every obstacle that we came across, um, we just we looked at it, we we assessed it, and we figured out a way to get over it. But we already knew that we would accomplish, that we would beat it uh, when we when we, uh, when we when we came across it. And that's just something I got from the army. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we've got to succeed. We have no choice but to succeed. We have no choice but to uh, complete the mission. And and that's pretty much our mindset throughout the throughout the entire day. Well, thank you guys very much for your yeah, service. You had, we had some from the Air Force, yeah. Yeah. And that's basically, I mean, from, 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 my, from my perspective, this is, uh, um, you know, not, not just being a, a, a spectator, mm-hmm. you know, just watching all of this go by in terms in terms of uh, in terms of the economics. The, you're talking you're talking production, distribution, you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, participate, and that's how I feel. I feel we got. I feel like I feel like we're participating in the uh, in, in, in the in the prosperity of of of, of, of what's happening. Now. We, we're part. We're part of what's happening here in uh, in this economy. A small part, but we are a part. Of it. <laughs> no, I, I again, I appreciate your service. I think it's amazing, and I think the lessons learned, I, I can't even imagine. Um, so again, thank you. On another note, how how do you see the future of your business, and and what are your goals, and are you planning on growing outside of Georgia? Yes. The sky's the limit. I mean, we, we've, got our, we've got our eyes uh, uh, set on, on, on national, if not global, distribution of the product. But the biggest thing that we want to get, that we want to do is we want to make sure we get back. We want to help. We want to help people. We want to, you know, of course, we've got to help ourselves in the, in the beginning. We want to make sure we're on stable ground. We want to try to get back as much as possible. But we do see ourselves growing. Outside of Georgia, we see ourselves distributing our product all over the world, all over all over America, and all over the world at the, at the exact same time. But, uh, right now, we're going to go ahead and conquer the uh, Greater Atlanta area and then just move out from there. One, one, of, one of the things that happened, we, we, we were telling you about our history, uh, particularly with the peanut company, uh, one of the good things that happened, well, we were able to employ a, a, a number of young people. 
uh, dealing with the peanut. Not uh, as, as, as vendors, as uh, processors, because all that stuff had to be packaged. And that's what we see. We, we envision uh, providing some employment to a lot, and our target uh, will be uh, young people. Uh, and we want to, uh, we also want to try to, you know, uh, support and, and nurture uh, entrepreneurs. Yeah, I think that's hugely important. And it's something we talk about on this show a little bit is one giving back and, and being mentors to the communities that we work in because a lot of people just see people as employees. They don't see it as opportunities to help people. So I'm, I'm glad you said that for sure. And then the other part I think is important is um, that you had the entrepreneurial experience in the peanuts and now it's been passed on to your kids. And I think what we're starting to see on this show is a lot of the entrepreneurial mindset is actually starts in the family and goes, if it goes generations up and it's not, there's people that do start on their own. Don't get me wrong, but we're seeing a yeah. lot of families that have started it. So I, I will ask you guys, what did you learn then that you're applying now um, to the business as the sons of your dad? Hmm. I guess um, uh, um, he's probably giving you the evil eye right now. Like, wait, you didn't learn anything? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. I mean, this 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 dedication and love and love for your craft. You have to you have to love uh, you have to love what you're doing. You have to love your product. We fall in love. We fell in love with our product. We think we have a great product that uh, that people like. Um, but just I guess dedication just. Every day that our, our mindset was every day we're, we're going to do something to improve upon this business. We will not really go let a day go by without adding something to the business, and and we definitely got that from my dad. My dad's been an entrepreneur his entire life, and he's instilled and he's instilled that into us. Some people just just have it, some people don't have it, and um, I tell you, I, so many opportunities. But I mean, my, my, my dad uh, wanted us to be computer programmers before people were even buying computers, but. It's just definitely dedication. Look up Rocket's boots. He uh, definitely one thing, and, and to add to that, when my brother, this is Najib, it's a confidence. And, you know, knowing you have an item or a product or just being confident in yourself when you're presenting your item or product. <clears throat> and, and, you know, we, we stand behind what we're producing and, and, and it makes it a lot easier for us to be confident about selling what we're selling because we know where it comes from. We know the packaging, how it looks, and we know how it tastes. And, and we know how we were raised as far as being, you know, standing in front of your product and being confident about what, what you're producing. Uh, and that's, that's not just with business. That's just with life, period. There, there, there's, there's a, there's a, I don't know what to call it, a concept or what, but there's a, uh, something that I, that I kind of consider all the time uh, when I'm engaged in products uh, and, and in projects, and I and I know it came from from my my uh, my tour in the Air Force, but it's to have a sustained focus. I will try 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 to figure out how to explain how to get uh, how to get through from 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 you know from point A to the point B because there's so many things that can distract you. Uh, uh, 
but but if you have that sustained focus, you know, you can do other things. But on on the main thing that you are trying to accomplish, you have to have a sustained focus and, and, and make it happen. And that's and that's and that and that's what we are uh, with this. We uh, and we've been doing it for uh, a few years now, and, and we're in. We're, we're in. If anybody wants to know anything about hibiscus, they can come to us, and we we, we know. Do you guys sell your product wholesale? As well, or do you only sell it in your products? Uh, yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And do so, that. anyone who wanted hibiscus, they could come to Pride Road and, and get it from you guys. Well, yeah, but we're primarily a wholesaler. That's what we do at the Pride Road location. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's that's good to know because I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there that know the benefits of the product as well. Um, but another quick question. So if you guys were in the Army, but your dad was in the Air Force, how come you didn't go Air Force? I said they go Air Force. Yes, I did. Yes, I did basic training in the Air Force. I did basic training in the Air Force, high school in the Air Force, and uh, I, tra- I actually uh, went Army. Uh, I did Army OCS uh, uh, many years ago. Yeah, that's I needed a real challenge. That's why I went straight army. Uh, gee, went straight. <laughs> so I actually, I actually left the Air Force to uh, to commission as an officer in the army. Oh wow! I didn't even know you could do that. That's uh, I learned something new every day. So, what were your um, rankings? Uh, uh, what are your rankings now? And um, and uh, I mean, how has that changed your life? And why move to the army? If there was there more opportunity there, or you wanted more experience? I just it was just more opportunity in the army. I, I wanted to I wanted to commission commission. I used the term commission referring to I wanted to become an officer in the army. Um, just they had they had an opportunity for me to go to officer candidate school, and I took that opportunity. So I was uh, I, I was actually an enlisted soldier in the air force. I was an E three at the time, which is a uh, airman first class. Um, I had already finished my uh, my bachelor's degree. And uh, which is a requirement for uh, commissioning. The army said I went to the army. Army sent me through uh, uh, rigorous uh, officer candidate school, and you come out as a as a commission officer. So uh, current, I'm a I'm currently right now I am a I'm a, a major I'm a major in, in the, <laughs> major in the army, um, and I'm actually uh, looking to get promoted to lieutenant colonel within uh, forty years out. This, this is Najib. I actually, uh, same thing, started off enlisted uh, in the Army uh, in Louisiana and uh, went to uh, Officer Cannon School in the state of Georgia uh, as far as getting my commission. And I'm, I'm currently a, a major uh, in the Georgia Army National Guard. So we're, we're, both, we're both majors. I'm usually one step ahead of him, so since he caught up with me, I need to hear him get promoted. I know. I was going to say, what's that, that competitive nature amongst brothers like in that? Yeah. yeah. I just I just did one tour in the Air Force during the Vietnam War, and I, as, as just as an enlisted uh, sergeant, and uh, but uh, I earned the title of Duke of World, or the rank something coming. And I think it, I mean I think it's great to see veterans start businesses for sure because uh, it's. It's something that we in the United States we try to promote, but I don't think enough veterans take advantage of the opportunities for being an entrepreneur. So I give you guys props for that for sure. And 
Um, it's really awesome that you guys are doing it. And I like the competition amongst you, even though you're all, um, in the family together and in the family business, it's, it's probably good to have something outside of the business to be competitive on. I'm sure. (laughs) Um, so a couple last questions uh, and then we'll, we'll start to bring it to an end, but what are some of the hardships you guys have had? I know you went to the pick center, so I'm sure that that helped, get through some of the hardships, but tell us a little bit about that and the things that you've experienced as entrepreneurs that have been difficult in your life and how does those difficulties reflect in your personal lives? Chopping at the bit, so, so, I, I, I was going to say not, not winning at the uh, play with Georgia the first year. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one that we had in the bag. <laughs> I mean, but business-wise, uh, and I'm pretty sure my dad feels the same, access to Access to capital is is, is, yes. is one, of the, one of the main things. Of I, I've done. My wife and I, have, uh, Mrs. Najib, we, we've had real estate all throughout the Atlanta area. And you know, one of the things that that we faced was, you know, um, we definitely felt as if we did did okay for real estate, but we could have done a lot better if we had the means as far as more capital, more more finances to uh, get us to what we think would have been best. Dreams are free. It's easy to dream about having a beautiful hibiscus, you know, based company <laughs> with a wonderful building and so forth. But at the end of the day, uh, capital is definitely needed, you know. And uh, so, you know, it's it's, it's not as, as easy as just uh, uh, coming up with a great idea and so forth. So, you know, we were we were fortunate. Um, and G was uh, helped out tremendously with the building, and my brother, my brother in California, with the dental practice here, he actually helped us out as well. So, we were. Uh, Fortunate in that in that aspect. Yeah, even with it, I was I was explaining to some of earlier about that in terms of, in terms of capital. With with farming, uh, you you need you need you need uh, you need equipment. You need farm you need farm implements, and all of all of the uh, even the the government programs that are set up uh, to support farmers don't do that. You can you can you can you know you can get a you can get a well dug a fence built, but you uh, you can't get any equipment. Um, so have you guys you know, have provided all of your own capital, or have you gotten outside investors as well? Uh, no, but we had provided our ourselves. Yeah, uh, all all capital We even and, and you know and the, the thing I'd definitely be remiss if we didn't touch on the uh, the farm on Wilkinson Mill. Is, is where is where we're we're growing that thirty plus acres and yeah. that's that's again internally working 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 with them it's together to, to go after a light goal so yes everything was internal as far as um, the capital and still like when we're still still like that yeah not a dime you know we don't owe a dime to the bank and, and so you guys have <laughs> no, done this all. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have done it all debt free. Yes, but as for the as for the business, as for the business, I mean, my money is a wreck. So on that note, how has running the business affected your personal lives? Has it affected time time with your wives and your families, or is it because you guys are all together and all involved in the business? Do you get to spend more time together? 
it's it's family. It's yeah, and that's it, that's it, a it, good it, thing it, about it. Yeah. Brought us closer. Yeah, it it, it, it made mandatory family time. Yeah. <laughs> now we yeah, we, we you, I mean, you come you come here you know you come here what, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Every Saturday or Sunday, you'll find at least four or five members of the family mm-hmm. up in here sweeping the floor, putting up drywall, doing something every every weekend, every almost every, every day. day. Yeah, almost every, every day. day. I mean, I, I spend more time with my dad than I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't ditch him every time I come in. Yeah, yeah. My wife complains a lot though because uh, we we probably, you know we 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 full time, and these guys come through do their uh, jobs that they have to do here but they they do uh they do the uh the fun uh, work the technical stuff who left this that's my wife my wife's famous words yeah. <laughs> next question next yeah. question <laughs> 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 Yeah, I think um, families that don't work together in the business world and or as entrepreneurs, it's a it's a very different experience, and your relationships um, become very work oriented a lot. But you have a lot to talk about for sure. Um, you know, there's a common goal as a family that as a family, you're, you know, for lack of a better term, stuck with each other anyway. So not why not make it go out of it financially? And I know in my own case, I work with my family members and Deborah has grown up working with her family members and, and it's how she became an entrepreneur and I became an entrepreneur. And so I think I want to make a point of that, you know, really what it does to a family and how it bonds you is pretty amazing. And anyone who's in the entrepreneur world, you know, start with your kids now and getting them involved in your businesses. I think this is a story of, of how you guys started in peanuts and then ended up back in doing business um, yourselves again. And while it isn't a full-time job yet, I have a good feeling that as you guys grow in your dedication, it will be. So are you planning on expanding your production of Abiscus products with the growth of the field and going to those 30 acres? And if so, what products are you guys uh, looking to push in case there's people out there listening in the market world or in the convenience store world or the supermarket world that may be interested in your products? Can, can we can we can we answer that before, just in case someone else tries to take some of our products? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, I think the biggest thing immediately the biggest thing right now since we'll have so much uh, so much uh, product nowadays. We definitely want to want to capture that market of uh, of fresh hibiscus. Uh, right now, there's a couple people selling some uh, hibiscus. I wouldn't necessarily call it fresh hibiscus, but you, you know, there's hibiscus and and Kroger's and so forth. So we want to we want to put our local fresh hibiscus in these stores so people can buy them. I, I get calls uh, um, daily about people wanting to buy uh, fresh hibiscus uh, from us right now. So it's definitely going to be uh, on our. Um, Agenda that uh, we're probably going to put in the store sooner than later. Yeah, and we're talking about well, you know putting putting different uh, uh, aspects of hibiscus in other products. Uh, uh, we, we're talking about uh, what uh, hibiscus inside of cream honey. Hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, a biscuit, you know, that, 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 that kind of thing. Uh, we're also talking about candy hibiscus. Uh, you, you, you familiar with fruit roll-ups? Yes. You do that with yeah. uh, we're talking, uh, that there are some varieties that we, that we have now that we can actually pick uh, and, uh, and, and, and so forth and so forth. You, you know, you can, <clears throat> if, if you, um, are you planning on being at the uh, Flavor of Georgia? Uh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Hopefully uh, we, we push our product through. By the time they taste that, we should be a finalist. <laughs> we'll make sure we bring some pickled hibiscus to you so you can try that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'd love to try it. And I, and I want to make sure I promote the products that you guys do have online that people can get now as well as the wholesale as I do the episode notes for sure because I do think you guys have a great product. And while I know of a hibiscus, I don't know of many people that are, are as innovative as you guys are. And I just want to say just as my notes on the, the episode, I think you guys have quite a story being a family and the story of how you got as a family from the peanuts to the uh, farm in Louisiana to back to Atlanta and all, and being of military background as well and, and having different family members involved. I think there's a huge story there for you guys as, as something that you should make sure you bring forward because while there may be other people that try to get into it, they don't have your story and they aren't you guys. And it's one of the reasons we asked you guys to be on this episode is because we saw something in you guys that we haven't seen in other people and that that's your story and that's your work ethic and that's your your hardworking attitude as well as your drive to do it all yourself you know if you pick it and, and get it all the way to the end product yourselves there's not many people out there that are willing to do that or take the risk to do it and put in the time and effort to do it so I just wanted to yeah, I just wanted to say that's a huge marketing point, and I don't know how to get it across. I, I don't do very well on the marketing side, but there is someone out there and that could probably help tell that story for you guys or put together a YouTube clip beyond just this podcast that that could really tell your story and get it out there on the Internet, I think. Um, so that's something I would definitely look into and in filming the farm and and the process and you together as a family in, in Georgia and, and the product. So that's just my feedback from, from my perspective. I also think the resilience of after all of you losing your homes in Katrina, I mean, it's just phenomenal what you guys have done since that time and created this business and all these product lines. It's truly impressive. Thank you. And so that being said, I'm, I'm, hopefully we'll see you guys at the Flavor of Georgia, and uh, we'll probably be doing a podcast there as well and, and meet you guys again. And I do want to follow up with you guys, because part of what we're doing with this podcast is we're going to try to tell people's story as they go along and grow their businesses. So I'm hoping you guys will be on the show again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and we'll do quite a bit of marketing and pushing of your product on, on the episode notes and stuff like that because I love your product and I love your guy's story and there's not many people out there that have your life experiences to get there. So thank you guys very much for being on the show. I, I really do appreciate it and thank you for your service. Um, it, you guys are a great group. All right. Thank, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.
Bye, David. See you later, George. Bye, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>